Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. It is quick, it is powerful, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It can go to the deepest part of of our hearts. It can reach where nobody else can reach. So I'm praying that your word will be released today with power. Your word will be released with precision. Your word will be released with grace and with the ability for performance. Let it be so in Jesus' name. Amen. We're starting a message series called Deeper, deep waters, right? The secret of going deeper with God. Uh, we just want to lay a foundation for our word for the year. So we're going to examine the secret of going deeper with God. Amen. Uh, but before I go into the main message, which is our part one today, I want to quickly go through our word for the year, which is found in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. That's, you know, that's on the screen, but that's also what is in the, in the banner right there. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. That's where the word for the year comes from. So I'm going to say a few things about that, and we're going to move forward. Amen. Our kids are in the house, so we're having a combined service. Our kids are doing very well. Kids, can I hear you say Amen. Can you wave at me? Wave at me. Say hi, Pastor. Well, our kids are doing so. Can you see how how attentive they are? Can you imagine that? God bless you. So please, I'm going to be asking you what you learned today. All right? So I want you to pay attention, and I want you to take notes. What did I say? All right. God bless you. Amen. So look at what he said in verse 6. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Now, there's a big difference between accepting Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord, right? When you come to Christ, you are accepting him as your Savior. That means you told him or you admitted you cannot save yourself, right? I'm a sinner. I need forgiveness, I need grace, and the only person that can give me that is Jesus Christ. Jesus paid the price for my sin, he went to the cross, he died, so that I can have his righteousness, all right? And once you do that, because God is faithful to his word, whosoever will confess with his mouth, right? The Lord, whosoever shall believe in his heart, you know, the Lord Jesus and confess that God raised him from the dead. The Bible says the person shall be saved. The moment you do that, salvation is given to you. That is why it is by faith, right? It is not by works. You don't earn salvation, right? You receive salvation. And as long as you do it genuinely, sincerely, you receive him, you are saved. So when you make that decision, you accept him the Lord Jesus, as your Savior. Amen. But you are also accepting him as your Lord. 
That is, you're making a commitment to say, now, before now, I have been ruling my own life. All right? You know, technically you're not because you're under the power of the devil, really. The Bible says we're all under the power of the forces of the air. If you read Ephesians chapter 2, it tells you that who controls our life. I mean, you're saying, well, I am giving control of my life. I am giving the lordship. The lord means the king, right? I'm giving the lordship to Jesus Christ. It's very important to do that. So some people accept him as a savior, but the lordship they struggle with. Most of us struggle with the lordship of Jesus Christ. And that's, that's really what he's saying here. He's saying, so because you have accepted Jesus as your Lord, and many of us have done that. You have all accepted Jesus as your Lord. I want you to say, Jesus, I have accepted you as my Lord. Amen. That's, that's from your mouth to God, right? All right. He just heard that. He said, as you have really accepted him, you must continue to follow him. Now, if you accept his lordship, if you accept that now you are in charge, now you are my lord and my king, and trust me, he will do a far better job than you can do on your own. His lordship is the best. Hallelujah. If you have done that, you must continue to follow him. And that's very, very important. You must continue to follow him. Uh, he mentioned two other things you must do. Let your roots grow down into him. We're going to talk about that more in future. And let your lives be built on him. He's saying, look, you have to really attach yourself to him so deeply. And you have to make sure your life is built on him. And he gives us other, I mean, what will happen? Your faith will grow strong in the truth. You are taught and you will overflow in thankfulness. And he went on and on. Now, the secret of really prospering in Christ, in God, having a fulfilled life, becoming what God has called you to be, truly experiencing God's blessing, is accepting his lordship and to continue to follow him. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, if you decide to follow him, if you say, I'm going to follow him, let me tell you, he is going to take you into a deeper place. And that's, that's really the key, all right? He's going to invite you one way or the other. Anybody that says, Jesus, I am inviting you. One thing I, about Jesus is he's going to take you, he's going to invite you at some point into a deeper walk with him. And you see Jesus, even when he was here physically, he will always invite people into a deeper. A lot of people admired Jesus. He had a lot of admirers. He had a lot of fans. I mean, he had Nicodemus that told him, look, we've never seen anybody like you. I mean, there were a lot of people. Anywhere he went, thousands of people, they were there, right? Thousands of people, he healed them. You know, he gave them food, he gave them things, he, he spoke words that just comforted them people. You know, people say, wow, we've never had anybody spoke like this. People will say, wow, nobody spoke with authority, nobody spoke with power, nobody spoke with wisdom. But once Jesus says that someone is truly interested, Jesus always invites them in. And, I, and that's what he's doing. 
to you. He's inviting you into a deeper walk with him. Hallelujah. I remember in Matthew chapter 19, there's a guy that went to Jesus and said, I want to go deeper. How can I be perfect? How can I really, really, really know you more? And Jesus shocked him. And he said, okay, you want that? He said, go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And the Bible said that man became so sad. He was a, was, he was a rich guy. You know, he came with his Ferrari. And he was, uh, you know, with his shining suit. And the Bible said he went back. He was so sad because he had a lot of money. And he thought this, this price is too much to pay. All right. But that's Jesus. He's always inviting people into a deeper relationship with him. There's another guy that, came, that Jesus came to and Jesus said, look, I want you to follow me. This is found in Luke chapter 9. If you read Luke chapter 9, uh, verse 60 or so, Jesus said, follow me. And the guy said, you know what? How about let me just go and bury my father first? And Jesus told him, look, let the dead bury their dead. I mean, Jesus, you know, in other words, Jesus is saying, look, when he's inviting you into a deeper walk, you don't need to offer excuse. It, excuses are not allowed. So many of you, you are going to offer excuses this year. You're going to say, oh, my God, I would love this deeper walk if I've not just started my Ph.D. program. All right? I mean, this deeper walk will have really resonated with me, if not because of my new job, or if not because I have a lot of traveling to do this year. Oh, this is my year to work so hard and save for down payment for my house. You know, this is my year to look for me a wife. So, I mean, uh, this deeper thing might not necessarily work for me this year. Maybe we can do it next year. Everyone will always offer an excuse to say, yeah, to, to, to not to follow. And Jesus said, there's no excuse. And I want to let you know there's no excuse. Once you say, I am going to follow him, he's going to invite you into a deeper walk. And a lot of people don't do that because really, sometimes going deeper with him is a little scary. For all these people, it's a little scary. It, it appears risky. All right? It appears that I'm going to lose control. All right, it appears that. So many times we are very shaky. And that's why today I really want to speak to you to get out of the shallow waters. All right? And I'm going to go back to Luke chapter 5. You know, Deacon Kip made reference to that. We talked about that uh, during the crossover service. In Luke chapter 5, in verse, between between verse 1, I mean, verse 1 and 5, this is a story where, uh, Peter was, was fishing. I mean, we knew because he said it later that he was fishing in, this, uh, in the sea all night. He was in the Sea of Galilee. And obviously, he hasn't caught anything. And Jesus came, and I'm going to try to do that uh, uh, from verse 1. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowd pressed on him. To listen to the word of, so, word of God. So Jesus was by the beach, you know, and people were just, you know, as expected. This, was a, this is a celebrity. This is somebody that everybody wants to touch, everybody wants to see. And the Bible says a great crowd were pressing on him. And Jesus said, you know what? I think I should go into the water and use the water as a stage. So he looked around. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. 
for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. So they've done the job. They were washing their nets. Stepping on one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, <clears throat> to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowd from there. Did you see the picture now? So Jesus asked him, you know what, I think it's better so that I don't get uh, stampeded by these people who are trying to touch me. Let me get into your boat and push it into the water a little bit and I can, you know, kind of make a stage. And everybody was by the beach and Jesus started preaching to them. So, uh, verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Jesus wanted to say thank you to Simon. That was a good way of saying, you know what, you let me use your boat, you know, and Jesus knew. And Jesus knew, you know, Jesus knew Simon was a frustrated fisherman at this point. Because what had happened is they were washing their nets because they didn't really catch anything. I mean, they were there all night trying to fish trying to do, you know, they've done everything, nothing came to them. It was just, it was just not their lucky day, all right? So Jesus knew all that behind the scene. He didn't say it, but I think he wanted to test Peter, whether Peter was going to transfer his anger on him, you know? He said, are you kidding me? I'm not giving you my boat, you know? But Peter obeyed. So Jesus turned to him and he said, now go out where it is and let down your net to catch some fish. I mean, the implication is he, he was probably fishing in a place where he was shallow. And Jesus said, I want you to go to where it is deeper. Very powerful. Very, very powerful. Go to where it is deeper. Master, Simon replied, we walked all last night. We walked hard. All last night and didn't catch a thing. And he said, just saying, it's not for being lazy. <laughs> it's not for lack of trying. We walked hard all night. But he was walking in the shallow waters, right? He walked, night on, he walked hard all night. But if you say so, I'll let the net down again. And look at verse 6. And this time... Their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. They caught so much fish, right? Their nets couldn't even hold it. I mean, it was so difficult to, to, to harvest. What a miracle. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And some boats, both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Wow. I think that's going to be someone's testimony this year. You'll be so blessed you will need another boat. You'll be so blessed you will not be able to contain it. You have to give it away. I'm sure they probably have to throw some fish back into the water so they won't sink. Amen. How about that for a blessing? I want you to say it's mine. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, my question is, many of us, we are like Peter, Simon, fishing in the shallow water. You know, that's, what, where we are, that's where we are doing life. Everything is in the shallow. And let's switch to the things of the Spirit a little bit. Shallowness represents flesh. 
depth represents spirit. You see, you can do all your Christian work or Christian activity. That's one thing we learn from the scripture. And do it in the flesh, from the flesh point of view. That means you will just be shallow. Everything is about what is in the surface. But the role of the Holy Spirit is to invite you into a deeper place. Into, is to invite you into a place where we have what is called the mysteries of God. The deeper things of God. The deep things of God. The Bible says that is the job of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals to us the things of God. The deep things of God. Shallowness is not a place you want to be. It's a place of frustration. And I'm going to get to some of that. But I want to take us to Galatians chapter 5. But before I do that, shallowness versus depth or death is parallel to flesh versus three. I mean, or versus spirit. Shallow people are in the flesh. Deep people are in the spirit. That's the key, that's the key difference. And is our, we have the power to choose are we going to follow the way of the spirit or are you going to follow the way of the flesh? Let's look at the way of the flesh. Galatians tells us what the works of flesh is. Galatians chapter 5 tells us the works of the flesh are manifest. Anywhere you see, I'm talking about shallow people, shallow Christians. They go to church, they clap, they are religious, they carry their Bible, they speak in tongues. But everything is in the shallow. They are laboring. They are toiling. They are singing. They, are, they appear to be doing all these things, but everything is in the shallow place. It's in the shallow place because it's in the flesh. So it says the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Anywhere you see flesh, you see adultery. You know, adultery simply means, obviously, you are married and you are going out of your marriage covenant. Flesh, and there are a lot of people in church who speak in tongues and who still go into these things. Fornication, you're a single guy, you want to sleep with every woman you meet, or you are a single woman. The same thing is fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, all kinds of sexual desires that are ungodly. Idolatry, yeah. A lot of believers can practice idolatry. We can actually exhort other things more than God in our lives, right? You don't have to have some little doll or some little carved idol and throw some palm oil or, you know, whatever oil or burn some incense to be an idol worshiper. We can worship people. We can worship even ourselves. You can worship money. You can worship your job. We can worship our children. There are so many things that can be in the place of God in our life. Idolatry, witchcraft. You know, Apostle Paul told the Galatians church that they've been bewitched. Who are the witch? They were other preachers. You know, witchcraft is control. Many Christians practice witchcraft. You know, many wives and husbands practice witchcraft on each other. You know. All right? Control, pressure, force, coercion. Anywhere you see something like that, you see spiritual witchcraft 
in place. He said, you can do that. And he, he goes on to talk about hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the works of the flesh. That's for people who can live in the flesh. Of course, people of the world, they live in the flesh. People who don't have Christ. But the sad part is there are a lot of believers, a lot of believers can also live in the flesh. And that's what is called being carnal. All right? Being carnal. Apostle Paul says, you are still carnal. And you are just like, you walk like mere men. You look like, you, you are like people who just, you know, who are not saved. So we must reject shallowness, which if you stay in the surface, your flesh will still be the ruler of your life. The only way you can have flesh crucified is to go deeper. Amen. Now let's look at Galatians 5. It talks about the fruit of the Spirit. When you pursue the things of the Spirit, you, you know, you're going to have love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh. Did you see that? And that's why they don't yield to the flesh. They have crucified. And that's the... And that's the image baptism gives us. You notice that when we baptize people, we dig them deep in the water, right? You know, it symbolizes crucifixion, all right, death. They've crucified the flesh with its passions and desire. So shallow is the flesh, right? Deeper is the spirit. If you don't get anything, I think you'll get something today. Kiddos, are you hearing me? What is Shallow. What is shallow? What did I call shallow? Flesh. Good. What did I call deep? Spirit. They are getting it. You got to clap for them. They are getting it. Amen. So if you want to go deeper, you pursue the spirit. You know, look at that song. Spirit leads me, right? Where my trust is without borders. I mean, when you follow the spirit, the spirit leads you deeper. You're not into things of the flesh. You are going deeper. And that's my challenge to you, that you must get out of the shallow waters. Too many believers just stay in the shallow. We just play religion. We just clap our hands. We mark attendance on Sunday. And that's our life. There's nothing deep. There's nothing deeper in our pursuit of God. We're not asking God, how do we know him more? We're not pushing deeper into how our life can be transformed, how we can experience God, how we can experience the glory of God. Our prayer lives are shallow. They just focus on what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to drink, you know, what I'm going to wear. That's all it is. That's all we seek. And the Bible says, these are all desires of the Gentiles. Isn't that what Jesus called them in Matthew chapter 6? This is the same thing the Gentiles seek. If all your prayer point is all about yourself, what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to drink, what I'm going to wear, you know, everything is about that. There is nothing deeper than that. 
you are living in the shallow. And there are so many believers, unfortunately, their life stops in the shallow waters. And they don't want to go to the deep, deeper waters. But God is calling us to get out of the shallow waters. Amen. I want you to say, I'm getting out. Say it louder, I'm getting out. Say it with conviction, I'm getting out of the shallow waters. Amen. Now, the reason why we stay in the shallow water is because it's a little comfortable there. All right? It's a little comfortable there. You know, when you, when you start swimming, you go into three feet of water, right? You start there. I mean, you, you can control yourself because you know, I mean, little can go wrong. I mean, if you are five feet, little can go wrong in a three feet of water, right? You know, so you want to stay there. And you are, they are being pushed into, you know, eight feet of water. You're like, no, I'm, I'm, I don't want to lose control. And that's, that's kind of how we are in the things of the Spirit. Because the more you follow God, the deeper you go, the more you lose some control. You know, you're giving control to other forces that you are not used to. And that's what you, you know, that's what happened when you're swimming, right? You're giving control to, you know, forces of water, forces of nature, you know, your, you know, body functions, you know, all those things. That's what you are, you know, the aerodynamics of your body working with the water to get you afloat. You know, you're not used to all that. Now, you're used to standing on your leg to control things. Now, you can't do that anymore when you are there, and that's why, you, that's why we stay in the shallow water in the things of God. Because it's the same analogy. We just stay there. We don't want to go deeper. We don't want to do things that are just beyond what we are comfortable with. But this year, the Lord is calling us out of the shallow water. I want you to say, I'm coming out. Say it louder. I'm coming out. Turn to your neighbor and say, let's come out together. Let's come out of these shallow waters. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I'm going to give you four reasons why you must come out. That's the goal today. All right? The goal today is to say why we must get out of the shallow water. So, I'm going to give you four reasons why you must go out. Number one. There is no fulfillment in the shallow water. There's no fulfillment. There's no fulfillment. You would, I mean, I, just look at it. You've never felt fulfilled. There's no fulfillment. There are occasional happiness, right, which you get by all these things you do, fornication, adultery, getting out a little bit, anger, you know, going out to drink a little bit when you are down. All these things, they don't bring fulfillment. There's no real fulfillment. There's no real sense of peace. There's no real sense, sense of, you know, sense of assurance. You know, you always feel like you need to give your life to Jesus Christ all the time because there's something that just tells you things ain't right. The reason is you are in the shallow water and you are giving the enemy the reasons to beat you down, to mess you up because you are in the shallow. So, that's why you need to get out of the shallow water. Look at what Peter said in verse 5. Luke 5, 5. We walk hard all night and didn't catch a thing. Isn't that the story of a shallow Christian? That's the story of a shallow Christian. Nothing to catch. There's no, there's no serious testimony 
about your life. There's no serious thing that you can say God has taught me in the last few years. There's no visible change in your life that you can say, you know what, this is my experience with God. There's no tangible experience you've had with God in the last few years that you can say, you know what, God is working in my life. God is doing this in my life. The reason why is you are in the shallow water. And what is a Christian without experience with God? What is the life of a Christian without encounters with God? What is the life of a believer without an assurance that God is doing something in, your, in my life? He's doing something. He's touching me. He's changing me. He's proving me. I mean, he's speaking to me. He's doing all these things in my life, and I can see him move in my life. The reason why there's no such fulfillment is because you are in the shallow water. And God doesn't do shallow. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor. God does not do shallow. So let's get out of the shallow waters. If you stay in the shallow water, all you will have is make-believe Christianity. And that's what many people do. It's make-believe. You come, you raise your hand. You don't even understand that song. That songs don't mean anything to you. I was speaking to a sister yesterday, and we we're having a conversation. He was tell- she was telling me what has happened in her life in the last uh, year or so. And she made a statement that was powerful. And he said, Pastor, I can say God is faithful, and I know what it means now. You know, you know, we always say, he said, you know, we always say God is faithful. We just say it because that's what we say. But I say it now with meaning because I've had an experience with God. You can't have a genuine, powerful experience with God if where you stay is the shallow water. But when you propose in your heart, and that's a personal decision you must make, that I'm going to go deeper this year, I'm going to go deeper henceforth, you will begin to experience God in a deeper way. If you don't, there will be no fulfillment. Your life, you won't have real genuine testimony of, about your work with God that gives you fulfillment and assurance. And that's why you must get out. Another reason why you must get out is because there is no true stability in the shallow water. There's no true stability. Now, the stability you have in the shallow water is the one you give yourself. It's called confidence in the flesh. It's confidence in your ability to fight your own battle. Many of you, you're fighting your battle. The battle you're not supposed to fight because you trust yourself to fight the battle more than God can. That's shallow waters. That's shallow waters. You know, and that's what leads to all kinds of problems, emotional problems, relational problems, marriage problems. You are from problem to problems, you know, challenges to challenges, no peace, no joy, no real fulfillment, no real sense of assurance, you know, you know, because you are just in that. You are not stable. There's no restability. The stability you are trusting is stability in yourself. Just like swimming, right? You, you're stable there. Because you know it's in three feet of water, of course. Now, but that's not the stability that will take you further. God wants to take you to a bigger place, a better place. The stability comes from Him. Bible says we are of the circumcision who puts no confidence in the flesh. Our confidence is in God. People who are deep in God, they have true stability. 
I mean, that stability is deeper. The reason why sheep can go in deep water is because they have stability that are real. You know, small boats will stay in shallow water, right? Because the, the driver of the boat or pilot or whatever we call it, right? Just know that if it collapses, I'll just stand up, right? It's only three feet of water. I stand up and just walk away. You know, but people with big stability, deeper stability, can go further in life, can go further with God. God can take you far and higher because you derive your stability in him. Hallelujah. And that's why you need to get out. There's really no true stability. There's no. And if you stay there long enough, you're going to realize life is going to throw things at you. Jesus told us in Matthew 7, 7, a man that hears the word of God and does them is a, it's like someone that is building his house on the solid ground. And the, re, the way you build a house on a solid ground is like you dig deeper, right? I used to work in construction. So, you know, the reason why, you know, the way you dig and build something that is significant is that you dig until you find a rock. All right? That's how you hit rock. And, you, and so the house, the building is actually standing on a rock. All right? He said that is the person that hears the word of God and does them. The person that hears and doesn't do, they still build. The reason why they don't do is because they trust in themselves. Right? They trust in themselves. They say, why do I need God? I can figure out things on my own. Why do you need God to bless me, uh, you know, using his own way? Why do I need God to do this? Why do I need, I, I can fix it on my own. I can get loans. I can do this. I can cut this person off, cut this person off. I mean, we plot all these things in our mind, how we can live our own life. But, you know, when storm comes, they fall apart. Isn't that true? When, when life hit hard, they fall apart. Those things aren't there anymore. People you trust, people you do, you know, those things can there. That life you have created of yourself on social media all of a sudden falls apart. Because it was fake. It was based on shallowness. There's nothing deep about it. No true stability can be found in shallow waters. That's where you must get out of it. Hallelujah. The third reason you must get out of shallow water is because there's really no learning and no growth in the shallow waters. There's no learning. And life is about learning, right? Life is about growth. You will never learn and grow in that. You know, if you're trying to be a swimmer, you will never learn and grow if where you stay is just two, three feet of water, right? You will never. You will never. I mean, you have to push a little further. And the reason why people stay in the same way in their life, nothing has changed. There's no real growth. There's no real development. There's no learning. You can say, you know what, this is what God has taught me in these last few months, in these last few years. What is, this is what God is dealing with me in. This is an area God is working with me. This is something God is working with me. People who live in the flesh don't have that experience because they don't want, they, they, they're not following the spirit. They, they like their flesh. They like their comfort. They like what is comfortable with them. They like all that. So there's no growth, no spiritual growth, no learning. 
1 Corinthians 3.3, 3, Apostle Paul tells the Corinthian church, chastises them, actually. He said, for you are still carnal. Carnal means you still live in the flesh. And we've described the work of the flesh, right? For where there are envy, strife, divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Mere men means men that are not spiritual. And so that's what I was saying. There are many believers who behave like unbelievers. They are just like ordinary people. But you are not ordinary. You have the Spirit of God in you. You've been filled with the Spirit. You've been bought. You've been washed. You've been redeemed. You've been saved. You've been bought by the blood. You've been filled with the Spirit. You are no ordinary. I want you to turn to your neighbor and let them know you are no ordinary. So stop behaving like ordinary man or woman. Hallelujah. If you stay in the shallow, you are going to stay the same. You're not going to grow. You're not going to, I mean, and everybody is growing. Everybody is growing. Physically, everybody is growing. Mentally, everybody is growing. Spiritually, everybody is growing. So I want to challenge you. You must grow. And you can't grow unless you say, I am going to the deeper water. Unless you, you embrace challenges. Some of you already say, oh, no, I'm not doing no fasting. Well, fasting for where? <laughs> it's not for us. Some of us are not that in that level yet. So when are you going to get to that level? When? Four years ago, you were not there. Two, three years ago, you were not there. Two years ago, I mean, it's four years later, you are still not there. So when are you going to get there? When are you going to be able to even do it on your own? This is just to whet your appetite so that on your own, you can begin to say, you know what? I want to set time aside and really seek the face of God. That's where growth happens. So you need to get out of that shallow water. So that you can grow. And lastly, you are missing out on God in the shallow water. You are missing out on God's best. Let me tell you, there's something God, God's best. What you have might look like your own best. Or your own best pales compared to God's best. If you stay in the shallow water, you will miss out on God's best for you. And my prayer is you will not miss out on God's best. There's something, there's more for you. There's more. There's more that God has. But that is not going to happen in your shallow water of just consumed by daily activity, religion, and things that are just selfish. There's much more. God's treasure, they are in deep waters. They are not found in the shallow place. In the shallow place, you know, the shallowest places in the sea are the dirtiest places. I mean, they are so dirty. I mean, if you go a little further, I mean, you are able to. I did a little bit of scuba diving uh, this summer when we were on vacation. I was able to go into the bottom of the ocean where it's deeper. I could not believe how pristine. I mean, I'm like, wow, there's such a beauty. But that's not found where it's shallow. Where it's shallow, you have weeds, you have all kinds of crazy animals, I mean, crazy things in there. It's stinking, it's dirty. You go a little further, 
there is so much. So much mineral, so much great things going on. And that's where God is inviting you to. This year, I don't want you to miss out on God's best for your life. Not just this year, I'm going forward. And that's why I am challenging you. Let's get out of this shallowness. Envy, life that is just based on flesh, based on you, based on just scratching the surface. Uh, I'm just showing up in church. You, call, you come to church at 11 just to meet the grace. That is shallowness. God has been waiting for you since 9.30. Only shallow people. You see, shallow people can perceive that. They can perceive that going to church is serious. It's real. It's an appointment with God. And God is bigger. He's bigger than my governor. He's bigger than the president. He's bigger than the person that is going to interview you. And you don't go late for your interview, do you? I mean, you already failed before you even start, right? <laughs> and you apologize. Oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. I came in like 30 minutes late. And for a job interview, you don't do that. Just imagine, shallow people can see beyond the surface. Deep people understand that going to church, every appointment with God is a serious appointment with God. And God is in the midst of them. Wheresoever two or three are gathered together, I am there. Isn't that what God said? He said, unto the Lord shall the guardian of his people be. Shallow people think they are coming to church to meet their friends, to meet their days. Deep people know I'm going to meet God. Deep people know worship is important. Why is it that when we start church, only four rows or five rows, when we are worshiping, that's an encounter with God. I want you to go deeper this year. Let's get out of this shallowness because we see things on the surface. We see things from... Just a flesh point of view. You know, shallow people can see God in other people. They can see Christ in other people. All they see is negative. All they see, I mean, that's shallowness. Let's go deeper. Amen. And we must get out of this shallowness. And I'm praying that you will get out. I want you to say, let's get out. Let's say it with conviction. I'm coming out. I am coming out. And you will do so in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for giving us your word. Thank you for speaking to us, giving us a challenge. And Lord, we are embracing this challenge. And we are leaving this shallowness. And we are answering the call into a deeper place. No matter what that may mean. We don't even know what that truly means, many of us. But we are trusting you, the the person inviting us. And we know that even in deep waters, you are going to hold on to us. You have bigger plans, better plans. And those plans are coming to pass. Thank you, Father. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we are praying.